Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Curveball Conversations. Uh, this is your host, Caleb Clark, and today I'm going to be discussing the top 25 free agent rankings um, released by MLB.com. Uh, they released this, Mark Feinsand uh, released this article ranking the top 25 free agents for the 2023-2024 offseason, and um, we're going to just discuss it. Um, look at the top 15. So this will be part one um, of this podcast here. And then we'll do part two, ranking the other 10. Um, and then maybe just give a little bit more of a breakdown going into um, as free agency started. Um, so how we'll do this is basically we'll go through the top 15, talk about each of them, talk about the season they had, um, and then look at the fits that they have for those players and then kind of give my thoughts on where I think they could go. Um, so we'll start it basically with number one. Um, so number one on MLB.com's top 25 free agent rankings is, and this is no surprise to anybody, Shohei Otani. Shohei um, obviously probably will win another MVP this year, um, probably go back-to-back MVPs. He obviously had a torn UCL, um, and that's for those who don't know that as well. He tore it for the second time now in his career. So Shohei is now going to be hitting primarily at the start of the year. Um, He'll be able to throw later on in the year, but this is a guy that all 30 teams, if they could, they would sign him. Obviously, that's not how this works. There's going to be a different market for him. Um, Just a player who is going to deserve a ton of money just playing on both sides of the ball. Um, I mean, if you look at his stats this year, in 2023, he had a 10-war, which is unbelievable. Having a 10-war season just is unheard of half the time. He had 150 hits with a 304 batting average. This is as a hitter. 95 RBIs, 44 home runs, 20 stolen bases with a 412 on-base percentage, 654 slugging, and a 1.066 OPS. He was a 184 OPS+, plus, which for our viewers... Average for OPS Plus is 100, so he was 84% better than the average player. Ridiculous. Um, And then if you want to go into his pitching stats for the year, um, we have to scroll a little bit down here for pitching. 132 innings pitched, 3.14 ERA. He went 10-5 and as a pitcher. Uh, Just unbelievable. 55 walks, 167 strikeouts. He would have reached 200 strikeouts again if he didn't have his elbow injury. But just both sides of the ball, most dominant player in baseball. Going to have a lot of people going for him. Um, We will discuss where I think he'll go. But first, I'll just play a little clip here. Just uh, John Morosi reported on him, um, on where his priorities lie for free agency. First time around. He was probably just looking to go to a market. Now it's more a little different, so I'll let John take it over. The difference between this free agency and the first time that he came to North America is that he is probably less concerned about geography and more concerned about the quality of the team that he's going to. Yes, money is going to matter. We know that. Yes, the Dodgers probably remain the favorites to sign him, and they are a West Coast team, uh, and they've got the capacity to spend. That's the really key thing with the Dodgers. Not only is it a very quality team that wins 
the, the division basically every year in the last decade, but they've got a lot of room to spend and build a roster out around him. So I, I do think, yes, there is still an advantage to the Dodgers, but when you look east of the Mississippi or in that general area, you got a team like the Cubs who, who have just hired Craig Council. We'll hear from him later on today in the press conference. I think those types of ball clubs that, that are showing a, a willingness to compete and contend, whether it's the Cubs, I even had somebody tell me, Lauren, in the last week or so, that Shohei would be very intrigued by playing for the Atlanta Braves. Now, I don't expect... So the best clip that I just listened to there was the Atlanta Braves. Could you imagine Shohei Otani not only just pitching with that pitching staff, um, Max Freed, Spencer Strider, Shohei Otani. Oh, man. Adding that kind of piece to your lineup, an already stacked lineup. You got Ronald Acuna, MVP this year for sure. Matt Olson could be an MVP any other year. Austin Riley, who could have won MVP last year. Um, you just got talent among talent among talent, and then you decide to add Shohei Otani, the best player in baseball. For me, I see Shohei probably going to the Dodgers, I would assume. Um, he's going to get north of $500 million. Um, Not a lot of teams can give that type of money. You heard the Cubs name in there as well. I feel like the Cubs could be somebody that maybe um, picks him up. Now, there is a lot of Japanese players that are coming over from Japan, so it'd be interesting to see if they want to team up with Shohei, um, and maybe that's an influence there for some other players. Um, but I would assume I think Shohei's going to go towards the Dodgers, um, just staying in that big market in L.A., but switching over to a way better team, a way better organization that's going to help him reach his goals of winning a World Series. He's he's already had that move now where I'm done. Well, I just wanted to go somewhere where it's like, you know, nice West Coast. Now it's like, okay, I want to go with a win. Um, it's not going to happen in the Angels, so he's definitely probably going to make the move. So that's my prediction with Shohei. They also have the Giants and the Mets as potential um, places for him. Giants, again, could spend the money. They definitely probably could offer a contract that's going to be the best one available with the most money. But um, San Fran, again, on the West Coast, I could see him doing that as well. The Mets, I don't know. I don't feel like New York is the move for him. Maybe the Yankees would be more of the move instead of the Mets. They're just kind of in a downfall um, traded away a lot of players. I don't feel like he'd want to go somewhere where he's not going to have a 100% chance to win. So now, moving on to number two, we have a teammate of Shohei in the WBC. We have Yoshinobu Yamamoto. So he's a 25-year-old right-handed pitcher. He pitched for the Oryx Buffaloes this past season. Um, he's actually been pitching there for a while. Um, and he has been nothing short of legendary in Japan as a pitcher. Yamamoto has won the Pacific MVP um, and then the Sawamura Award, which is Japan's version of the Cy Young, in the past two years. So he's won MVP and Cy Young two years in a row and the Triple Crown in each of the past three seasons as a pitcher. A lot of scouts are tending to believe that Yamamoto is going to immediately jump into a one or two spot in a big league rotation and he has the stuff for it. I mean, watching him in the WBC, the fastball is there. The splitter is disgusting. He's got a slider. Everything works. You want to go to this past season for the Oryx Buffaloes. He threw, he went 17-6 and six with a 1.16 ERA. Ridiculous. I mean, 
utterly impossible to do something like that each and every year. Year before that, 15 and 5 with a 1.68. Year before that, 18 and 5 with a 1.39 ERA. And if you want to go back one more year, 2020, shortened year, 8 and 4 with a 2.42 ERA, not too shabby. <laughs> so, obviously, this guy has dominated the J- Japanese National Leagues. What is his impact going to be in the major leagues? We've seen you Darvish. We've seen other pitchers come over and just not have the immediate impact. Now, you Darvish has, and he was very, very, very good. Um, but Yamamoto seems like a type of guy that's going to come over and dominate. So what team could use a right-handed starting pitcher? You could say almost every single one. Um, obviously, they have listed the Dodgers, the Mets, and the Red Sox as potential fits. Dodgers, I could see as well. Otani goes to the Dodgers. Yamamoto sees his friend go over there. Easy in. I could see that the Mets, again, I feel like the Mets is just always thrown out there because they're New York. New York market's always going to get those attention, and the Mets have signed big-name free agents uh, multiple times over the past couple of years. Scherzer, Verlander. Um, now, the Red Sox definitely feels like it could be an, uh, an answer for Yamamoto. He has a teammate there in Mashitaka Yoshida. So there's a Japanese familiarity. They attract Japanese potential. They've had Daisuke Matsuzaka. um, They've had Hideki Matsuyama. A lot of Japanese players have had success in Boston, and this could definitely be a good fit for them. They need a starting pitcher. They need somebody to become their ace. Chris Sale just been too inconsistent with injuries and everything. So I could definitely see him slotting into that role. Um, for myself, I think the Red Sox is his is his best option. Now, obviously, this has been primarily a Blue Jays podcast over the first two podcasts, if you've listened in. Um, so th- I wouldn't love that move, but I feel like this is definitely a good choice for Yamamoto, especially if he wants to just go by himself and not be, you know, maybe with Otani or anything like that. But also you could see Otani be potential Red Sox as well as a um, dark horse candidate there. So I would say Red Sox for Yamamoto. And uh, that's going to bring us to number three. Number three on that list, the MLB.com has ranked Blake Snell as number three. Um, Blake was horrible to begin the year. Um, just straight terrible. He has he was one and six with a 5.40 ERA after nine starts. If you saw that as a major league baseball player and as and a coach, he might not be pitching the rest of the year. Just nine starts. You know, look at Alec Manoa. When that didn't pitch the rest of the year, was just inconsistent as ever. Um, but we kept he kept going, and uh, a lot of people actually started to tend to believe that he wasn't going to be able to um, get a contract this off season that was going to be that big. From that point forward. He was the best pitcher in the MLB, and it wasn't even close. Went 13-3 and with a 1.20 ERA over his final 23 starts, who's already won a Cy Young and now might win a second. Snell was unbelievable in that second half, just magical, just trying to lift the Padres to a wildcard spot. Obviously, unfortunately, they didn't make it, but it was not because of him. Um, he put himself in a prime position to earn a lot of money, especially as a left-handed pitcher in this type of market. Do I see a return to the Padres? Definitely could see it. Um, Snell has loved his time in San Diego. Um, my other choice, I've said 
I know it's weird. But I could see him going back to Tampa. Not because, you know, I wouldn't say they have the money for it. But I feel like there's unfinished business in Tampa. Now, I don't think it's going to happen. But I just thought that would be a really, really cool story of just like, hey, I want to return here. I want to win a championship with the Rays. They need a starting pitcher with the amount of injuries they've had. Rasmussen, Glasnow, um, Clevenger, everybody getting hurt. It doesn't hurt to have a guy who has thrown, who's been a Cy Young on your team already and probably going to win another one. Um, They've listed the Cardinals and the Dodgers as potential fits for them. Again, Dodgers, it's going to be an occurring theme. They have the money. They're going to spend it. They're going to sign big-name free agents. That's what they do. Cardinals would be a lovely landing spot for Blake Snell. Um, They need the pitching. Their team fell short big time this year in their starting pitching. Their hitters, I mean, again, you got Aaron Otto, Goldschmidt, O'Neal. You got guys who can perform at the highest level, um, but they had Adam Wainwright uh, just trying to win 200 games, and it just felt like a joke every time he was on the mound. Miles Mikolas was their best starter, and, I mean, he was okay. Um, you know, they trade away Jack Flaherty. They trade away Jordan Hicks. They need pitching. Snell would be a huge grab for them. I could see them spending a lot of money on Blake Snell, and I think he sees that option as well. And I would say that might be the best fit for him to just get a new fresh start in St. Louis instead of being in the bright lights of San Diego underneath the Dodger shadow. Go to the Cardinals, make your mark there, go win a lot of games. So I'd say Blake Snell to the Cardinals. That moves us to number four. Number four is one of the most intriguing free agents I've seen in a while. Cody Bellinger. (sighs) Now, a lot of people said he was done. Um, You know, he's probably not going to get any more value after a horrible, horrible couple seasons with the Dodgers after winning an MVP with 47 home runs over 300 batting average. Just fell off a cliff. No one knows what happened. Um, but 2021-2022 were just terrible. Um, and so what he did was sign a one-year $17.5 million contract with the Cubs, uh, gave him a you know fresh start instead of being in the bright lights of L.A., and he went there and hit 307 with 26 homers and 97 RBIs. Um, Bellinger was fantastic for them. Now, Chicago is a big market, but it's not L.A., by any means. So the media attention was probably a little bit less on him, a little less pressure, so he was able to just go and perform and play the game. A lot of people, and I mean a lot of people, are saying the Yankees are the best option for him. You know, the Yankees need him, which, again, the Yankees do need left-handed hitting, and Cody Bellinger would be a perfect fit. If I'm Cody Bellinger, I am staying away from New York. I'm staying away from the Dodgers. I'm staying away from any big, big markets that are just going to bash me when I don't have a good if I don't have a good start to the season or I don't do well in a certain stretch they're going to kill me. I think Chicago is a great spot for him cuz it was just, you know, if he had a struggle, I didn't know about it. I didn't hear about it at all. All I knew was Cody ended up hitting 26 homers and 97 RBIs with a 307 batting average. That's a great season. That's an all-star season. So, I think Cody Bellinger again this is, a, this is a great opportunity for me as a Blue Jay fan to come to Toronto. Toronto would be a great, great fit for um, Cody Bellinger. Again, media scrutiny is a little bit because it is the only team in the country, but it is nowhere close to uh, the Dodgers, anybody like that. So I would say 
this would be the best fit. Now, there's a little clip. John Heyman was discussing this just after the um, coaches' meetings. And so um, I'll play this clip of just hearing about Cody Bellinger and where they think he's going to go. Uh, Bellinger, I, I think it's ultimately going to be a Cubs-Yankees battle. We do hear he did love it on the north side of Chicago. Obviously, he transformed himself, became that MVP-type player again. He's had three superb seasons, obviously had a couple not great offensive seasons anyway in between, but uh, he was injured for those seasons, so I think that we're looking at that as kind of a, a, an aberration. Uh, terrific all-around player, and he does fit the Yankees perfectly. Brian Cashman was out here yesterday saying they need two outfielders, including a center fielder. Bellinger's a great center fielder and a first baseman, so I think we're looking at a Yankees-Cubs battle there. He would fit the Giants as well. I, I hear there's many, many teams on him, but he's been a major market team with the Dodgers and the Cubs, so I think ultimately he's going to end up with one of those three teams, most likely Cubs or Yankees. Matt? So you heard John Heyman say it's going to be the Cubs or the Yankees. I can agree to that, and I understand that the Yankees are going to go all out for him. I just feel like it is not the best option for Cody Bellinger I think Toronto would be a great spot for him. I think Chicago, the Cubs, would be a great spot for him. I feel like the Cardinals as well would be a good a good spot. Um, just somewhere where you're not the full center of attention, um, like in L.A. or New York, because you've seen it. Joey Gallo, Gold Glover, everything like that, just like Cody. Homer Central, and then nothing. Horrible, horrible, horrible. And just that's what New York does. So um, my prediction is he returns to the Cubs. I don't think he's leaving Chicago. I feel like he's liked it too much to leave. Um, and I just feel like that's probably the best spot for him. Now, the next option is Aaron Nola. Aaron Nola, right-handed pitcher. Um, he has been real good for the Philadelphia Phillies. There's a reason why the Phillies have been so good in the playoffs. Um, not just because of their hitting, but they've had some really, really, really good starters. Um, from 2017 to 2020, he had a 3.23 ERA and 106 starts. Fourth in the Cy Young in 2022. Um, but 2023 was okay. Um, but he still has a, a good a good pitching repertoire, some would say. His fastball is never going to outshine anybody. Um but in the postseason is where he really kind of earned himself that next contract. He went 3-0 and with a .96 ERA in his first three starts um, in, in the postseason. And now in the end, in his last starts, he allowed four runs and four and a third. Um, but he was nothing short of dominant in those first couple starts. So Aaron has definitely earned himself um, probably close to $200 million, um, in the market. And I could see somebody like the Atlanta Braves wanting to go sign him. There's been reports that they are looking to add a top starter. Um, Nola would be one of those guys that's right up there along those um, those big guys like Otani and Yamamoto. Um, they've listed the Phillies, the Cardinals, and the Giants as potential fits. Again, I could see both of them. Um, the great answer for either option is the Phillies. Return, go back to the World Series, um, do all the things you want to do with that team. Giants would be a great fit. Um Again, a little less pressure on you in San Fran than in L.A. Um, so you could go and shine there, just maybe like a Kevin Gosman, go there and prove yourself again. Cardinals, again, another option that would be phenomenal. Um, I could see maybe Baltimore trying to go in after him, 
Baltimore might need to spend some money here because their young talent isn't going to get any younger, and you want to take advantage of these prime years, especially with the year they had. So you need to get pitching. Why not try and go after one of the big dogs if you have the money for it? So ultimately, I think he's going to return to the Phillies. I know it's a little boring, but I feel like that's probably the best fit for him. I feel like he's loved Philly. Um, If he does end up leaving, Cardinals or Orioles would be my guess. Atlanta with the dark horse, they want to give some money. Um, But I'd say he's going to return to the Phillies. Number six, Josh Hader. Josh Hader, the most dominant reliever in the market, has dominated his career at a 1.2 ADRA and 61 appearances this past year. He's going to be the best reliever available. So you're going to see a lot of playoff teams wanting to sign this man. Um, San Diego probably doesn't feel like the fit for him. I think everyone's done with him. I think he's done with San Diego. I feel like um, the angels they've listed the Phillies or the Rangers would be an option for him. Again, I don't feel like the Angels would be the best fit. Um, I'd say no. They're a rebuilding team at, at, at this point. You're going to lose Otani. Trout's not going to be happy. Yes, you want to make moves, but I don't think Josh Hader is going to win you 100 games um, and make the playoffs. So I'd say no. Um, Phillies, love that. Their bullpen has been dominant. Al- Alvarado as a lefty. Um, then you got... I mean, Dominguez, there's multiple, multiple options out of that pen. And if you can add another dominant closer, I mean, that would be the best fit. The Rangers are the last option, and I love that fit. I love it, I love it, I love it, because Chapman was their best lefty out of the pen, and he's so shaky nowadays. And if you wanted to add something to your World Series roster and just bolster the bullpen, why not do it with the best closer in baseball sometimes, Um, especially as a lefty? So I would think Hayter goes to the Rangers. Um, You know, he's going to pitch on a playoff team. Doesn't make sense for the Angels, Phillies, unless they. I mean, if he wants to join that loaded bullpen, then yes. But if not, I could see him going to the Rangers for a good chunk of money, too. Um, number seven is Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray is 34 year old, just pitched for the Minnesota Twins, ended up having a 2.79 ERA this year. Um, a great, great bounce-back year. Um, after just kind of going up and down over the past couple of years, he's been good, but nothing special. And now... He has been real, real consistent for the Twins over the past two years. 2.79 ERA over 184 innings. Um, He's definitely somebody that a pitching team needs. And I would say that the Twins is probably his best option. I feel like he's probably really loved his time in Minnesota. Um, The way he's talked to the media and the way you can see it, he has enjoyed it. And they are a playoff team especially in a weak AL Central, you might as well. You could take advantage of staying there. They have the Braves and the Cardinals listed as well. The Braves, again, want starting pitching. 34 years old, though, I don't know if I'm willing to give a big chunk of money to that guy, especially if I'm trying to win. So I might stay away from him if I'm the Braves and the Cardinals. I would say Sonny Gray is going to return to the Twins um, and just kind of stay home. Now, the next option is number eight. And it is 30-year-old Jordan Montgomery. Jordan 
got a midseason trade from the Cardinals to the Texas Rangers where he dominated the postseason. Ended up going 3-1 and one with a 2.90 ERA in six games. He started five of those in the postseason. In the um, regular season, he went 4-2 with a 2.79 ERA in, re- in 11 regular season starts with the Rangers and then boosted it in the, in the postseason by dominating as well. Um, Montgomery has been consistent over the past couple of starts, um, over the past couple of years. Um, and I feel like a pitching, a left-handed pitcher can always be signed. And when you have the history that he has now with pitching and dominating over the past couple of years, just being really, really consistent. And then having the postseason run that he had last year, I would say that he set himself up for a nice big contract. A reunion to the Cardinals wouldn't leave it out of the past. Um, I'm pretty sure he has mentioned multiple times that he has loved his time in St. Louis. Um, the Cubs and the Rangers are both listed here. It would make sense to go back to the Rangers. I mean, you join a pitching staff with DeGrom. Scherzer's still there. Who knows if he returns? Ivaldi, um, Montgomery. That's dominant. I would think that if I was him, I would really, 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 really think long and hard about staying there. Um, after that, I would say Jordan Montgomery returns to the Rangers. I think it makes a lot of sense to stay there. Um, you just won a World Series. You you can get comfortable with that team, have a full year there learning and being with them, and just go out and dominate. So I would say Jordan Montgomery goes to the Rangers, stays there. Number nine, 36-year-old J.D. Martinez. J.D. has been stellar over the past couple seasons um he's been an all-star um since 2018 every single year um and at 35 years old this past season he hit 33 home runs with 101 rbis and an 893 ops that is really good now here's the thing 36 years old are some teams going to be willing to give him a massive contract i'm sure there's probably a non-playoff team that will give out and give him that Big old, big old contract, but I would stay away from signing him to a multi-year deal. I'd give him one, maybe two years, um, and just give him some money there. Um, but he had a great year last year, so he definitely can fill a DH role for some teams. On here, they have the Angels, Dodgers, and Mets listed. Broken record, Dodgers and Mets. Angels as well. I don't think the Angels, the Angels might go hard for him. They need to sign stuff to keep Trout there, and I feel like Martinez would be a good option, but it's also not the best option because you're trying to sign guys who are going to help you, and he's old. Okay, like this is a guy that needs to join a team that he doesn't need to be the best player on. He played on a Dodger team with Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, like Max Muncy, all these guys that have performed, and he's performed obviously at the highest level, but he doesn't have the pressure on him. He's hitting five, six hole and not even to worry about some people like with the pressure he can pitch they're pitching different to him um i'd say jd returns to the dodgers um i feel like it's a great spot for him he should excel again playing on that team maybe a cut multi-year deal a little two two three year deal two three years um and just return there and just play um quality baseball in la so i'd say jd martinez to the dodgers that brings us to number 10 and probably the most intriguing as a Blue Jay fan um, on this list is Matt Chapman. Blue Jay fans know this guy can do it with the glove. Another gold glove this year. Um, 
he has been unreal as a third baseman for the Blue Jays. Just consistent, consistent at third base. This past year as a hitter, he had um, 17 home runs. After the past two seasons before that, he had 27 in back-to-back years. Um, fourth in the AL in doubles. He had 39 doubles. But at the end of the day, his, his hitting stats just weren't good enough. Too many times he was up to the plate with big situations, and he just failed to capitalize on them. Um, so if I'm Blue Jays, i got to look at this guy and say, hmm, is he worth signing? You know, is J.D. Martinez the one that we should sign um, instead and try and pick up um, – sorry, not J.D. Martinez. Um, is Matt Chapman worth signing, or should we look up otherwise for another third baseman? Um so now I'll just play a little clip, another clip from John Heyman. He talks about um, Matt Chapman. Chapman was actually here, met with the Blue Jays, the incumbent team. They made him an offer in spring training that was well over $100 million. We don't have that exact figure. So I've seen some estimates for him under $100 million. It's not going to be anywhere near that. I think they're looking at him as a three- to four-war type player. So in that category of a Brandon Nimmo. So... We're looking at maybe close to $150 million for Matt Chapman. Uh, Certain teams are looking at third base, potentially the Giants, the D-backs who made it to the World Series and may have a little bit more money to spend. I don't think the Angels, I think they're hoping for Rendon to come back and uh, certainly and play well. And I think that that's part of the reason they hired Ron Washington. They figured that he might be able to help Rendon out a bit. So quickly in that clip, you heard a couple teams. The Angels not probably going to be in on him. Um, the Blue Jays obviously had talks with him in spring training. He mentioned they offered him north of $100 million. Um, he did not accept it. They think he's more of a Brandon Nimmo type player around $150 million. He says here the Blue Jays, Dodgers, and Yankees are listed. If I'm the Blue Jays, I need to think long and hard about do we want Matt Chapman as our third baseman um, of the future. 31 years old. Um, he did not have a good year. He probably wants a resurgent year, but with the thin market in third base, he's probably going to get some money from other teams. And do you want to spend a ton of money just on Matt Chapman or use that money to sign other key pieces that can fill that void? Um, I think he leaves the blue Jays. Um, as sad as I am about it, I think it's the best option for him and for others that he goes somewhere else and just tries to rejuvenate his hitting. His glove's always going to be there, um, but he just does not have the stick right now in Toronto, and I feel like if I'm Toronto who struggled with scoring runs, they can't just have a guy with a nice glove. Um, they have that in the outfield. They have it in the infield too. I think they go and sign somebody else at third base to fill the void with as a better hitter. So I think he goes to the Yankees. Um, the Yankees need a third baseman. I think he'd be a perfect fit for them, and I'd love that signing if I were them. Um, number 11 is Jorge Soler. So here's a guy um, who won World Series MVP two years ago. Um, he had 36 homers this past season, a top power pat um, that is going to get some money for sure just with the amount of um, homers that he's hit over the past couple of seasons. He definitely deserves that contract. On here, he has been listed to be linked to the Cubs, Marlins, or Orioles. 
Again, Cubs would be a great fit. They need an outfielder that would be a great power bat, a DH role as well. Return to the Marlins would make sense. He had a great year. He had a great year. Um, and then the Orioles as well. Adding that type of power bat to that lineup would be huge. Um, just to get some pressure off of Rutschman and, and Mountcastle, those guys, to perform at the highest level that way. They can relax a little bit knowing that he's hitting behind them. Another thing is I've also heard rumors that the Blue Jays have been interested in, in Soler. I think that would be a great addition to their outfield. I felt like with Kiermaier, Varsho, and Springer, there was a great outfield, but just not enough juice offensively, and Soler would be a great fit there. So my prediction is the Blue Jays actually go and get Jorge Soler. Um, I think they really, really like his bat. I think he would perform very well in Toronto, and they want him badly, so I think they go and get him. Number 12 is Eduardo Rodriguez. Eduardo um, had a phenomenal first half of the season. After the first half, his numbers dropped uh, just a little bit. Um, he ended up going 13-9 with a 3-3 ERA. Um, but this injury that he had slowed him down a little bit, um, and it was just a finger injury, but he should be fine. Um, but with you know being a left-handed starting pitcher, that has been really, really good. And consistent, he's definitely going to have a lot of suitors. They have listed the Orioles, Reds, and Tigers on this option. I think it's a pretty easy answer. I think the Orioles go all out for Eduardo Rodriguez. Um, they need left-handed pitching, starting pitching. Their starting pitching isn't good. And Eduardo Rodriguez would be a perfect choice. That's not going to be the most expensive pitcher out there, but is going to give them the consistency they need with all the hitters they have. To have him in their pitching staff would be a very, very good option. So I could see him going there. Next, number 13 is Young-Hoo Lee. Young-Hoo um, played in Korea, and he batted actually 429 in the uh, World Baseball Classic for Team Korea. Career 340 hitter in seven seasons in Korea, and they've considered him to be an above-average defender in center field. This is another one um, that you would see the bigger teams sign. <coughs> The bigger teams would definitely go and sign him um, just because they need that kind of depth. Um, and the bigger teams are just going to offer more money to guys that are coming overseas. It's just a reality of the life. Um, they've linked the Giants, Mariners, and Yankees to him. I could see a potential fit for the Giants. Um, I think the Mariners would be a good option as well. They've had a lot of players... Um, Sign with them, and I think the Yankees would be another good option just because the Yankees have been really, really good and have signed overseas players a lot, and people see New York as a landing spot, especially coming from overseas just because they're a big market. Um, so I think Young-Hoo Lee actually ends up signing. He's a center fielder with the Yankees. I think the Yankees go out and get somebody they need and they're desperate for their fans to get off their backs a little bit. I think they go out and get Young-Hoo Lee. Number 14 is Lourdes Gurriel Jr. He's a 30-year-old outfielder who just recently played for the Arizona Diamondbacks and made a World Series run with them. Blue Jay fans, close your eyes. Um, Lourdes consistently had big hits for the Diamondbacks in the playoffs. He actually made his first All-Star team in 2023, which was amazing for him. I'm so happy for him. I mean, he was a great player for the Blue Jays. Fans loved him. Um, he had 24 homers, 82 runs, um, batted in, and he was ranked in the top quarter of the league in hard hit percentage and strikeout percentage. Um, so he was really, really good for them and had a lot of key moments for those D-backs teams. Um, so I would look for him 
to be uh, picked up by some teams that need some outfield depth. They've listed the Braves, the D-backs, and the Yankees as three options. I'd put the Jays right in there as well. I think a Jays would be interested in returning with Lourdes. Um, another one would be like Teoscar Te Hernandez, who will be in the next segment. Um, both of those guys loved their time in Toronto, and um, I think Toronto should be aggressive to try and go get those guys. But I see Lourdes signing with the Braves. I think that makes the most sense. Um, I think he probably loved his time with Arizona, but I feel like he probably wants to go to a different market. I don't think Arizona, I think they had a magical run. I don't think they go back to the World Series anymore. Um, I think people are taking them for serious now, but I think this was more of a magical run, more than a consistent one that they can do. Um, so I see maybe Gurriel leaving that team and trying to join a real, real, real contender. Um, and I think the Braves would make a great choice for him to go to that outfield and secure a spot there. And that leads to our last player, Shota Imanaga. He is a left-handed pitcher from Team Japan. Um, he went 7-5 and five with a 2.66 ERA for the Yokohama DNA Bay Stars. Same team as Trevor Bauer, um, who is another free agent case. Um, and he was a really, really consistent left-handed pitcher for those teams. He's supposed to be posted by Yokohama this offseason, and a lot of teams should be interested in him. Again, look for the major teams, Dodgers, Giants, Mariners. Those are the three that have been linked to them. That makes the most sense. You know, these guys are going to go to bigger market teams just because those are the ones that they recognize and they want comfortability. They don't want to go somewhere random. They want to go to a place where it's okay. I can go live here and, and be safe and, and I can love this place. And LA attracts people, you know, so does Seattle. Those are one of West Coast teams. Um I would be interested to see if maybe he goes somewhere with maybe Trevor Bauer. Look for a guy that, um, you know, he's teammates with Trevor. If he likes Trevor, maybe he goes and is interested in reuniting with him in the major leagues. So maybe he goes and resigns with him. Um, but I think Shoda, I think he goes to Seattle. I, I like Seattle. I think they need that starter, that left-handed pitcher to go along with Luis Castillo. Um, it'd be a great fit for him. It's not the biggest market ever, and their fans are amazing, and they want winners. I think Shota would be a great addition to add to that team. Um, so I would say Shota goes to the Seattle Mariners. And that's actually going to bring an end to our podcast here, episode three, talking about the top 25 free agents. Um, I appreciate everybody for listening in. We will uh, come back with a part two and recapping the next 10 that are listed on this list. And we will, um, you know, kind of recap all 25, just making sure that we know where we're at and then move on um, and then wait for free agency. Obviously, it's going to be an exciting time in the major leagues, waiting to see where guys sign. Um, it'll be exciting. It's coming up soon. So um, we'll see you on next episode. And thank you for listening to Curveball Conversations.